to the City Church Podcast. We hope that you will be abundantly blessed by this message. If you would like to find out more about the city, please log on to our website, www.thecity.sg. Hallelujah. Well, happy Chinese New Year. Tomorrow is uh, the first day of Chinese New Year. And, uh, you know, my, my family and I, uh, my kids and, and I were reaching out to uh, home tomorrow. You know, it's our first time doing that. And I was taking 12 uh, children who have got no homes to go to over Chinese New Year uh, here at about 4. Uh, and uh, they'll watch a movie and, and we'll walk them to like the barrage or something like that, like the, the broad walk or the boardwalk uh, uh, around MBS tomorrow at 4 to 8. And so I think it will be wonderful. Uh, it's just our family project. So if you want to be a part of it tomorrow at 4, they'll be here at level 5 watching a cartoon 12 kids with no uh, homes to go back to. But praise God. I mean, this year I really sense in my spirit that it's time for us to step out of the boat Amen. And to take some risk and to do things we've not done before and expect God to do a miracle. Amen. And so that's, so that's our expectation for 2016. And I pray that that will also be your expectation. Amen. All right, I've got a simple word for us this morning. Uh, and it's found in Psalm 1. Last Sunday, Jason spoke from Psalm 2. In the midst of your chaos, God has got an inheritance for you. If you would just look to Him... Uh, who is seated above the chaos and not to the chaos. And this Sunday, I, I, want, I want to speak on this simple subject that, that God wants us blessed, not stressed. God wants us blessed, not stressed. Come on, can, can you repeat that after me, please? God wants us blessed, not stressed. One more time. God wants us blessed, not stressed. And what inspired the word, really, I was all set to talk about the blood, and that's why the, the, you know, they were all set to sing about the blood, and we have got communion at the end. But uh, after a long day, a long week, it was, an, it was a super long week for me, and you know, just doing a lot of stuff. Uh, yesterday, Joy and I went uh, to get a food massage, all right, at Wan Yang. So, the, the guy was just doing his stuff you know, on my feet. And uh, there were a few parts when he was like rubbing it. I was like, ouch, really painful. And so he said, uh, do you feel like your head is spinning this week and you're like under stress? So I said, not really. But it's true that I've, I, I'm on, there are a lot of things happening in my life and there are a lot of things that I'm working on, but there was no stress. You know, and then it was rubbing another part and I was, ouch! And he said, you've not been sleeping much, haven't you? you know, uh, have you? So I say it's true because we have a new baby in the house. Uh, but we were enjoying the whole process. I woke up and unlike when Titus was a baby, it was like 14 years ago and it was really stressful. Uh, we will wake up a few times a night to, to take care of the little baby that we, we are fostering and that was just, just grace. I was looking at the, the child, my wife, and we are actually enjoying these sleepless nights and there was just this grace. And uh, so as I was thinking about that, I just heard the Lord say to me and I, said, and I felt the Lord say, let the people know that He wants us blessed, not stressed. In the midst of the chaos, in the midst of all the challenges, He wants us blessed and not stressed. So can you say it one more time? God wants us blessed, not stressed. But the question I have for us this morning is, do you feel blessed? 
Do you feel blessed? Now, some of you say yes, but a lot of people, if you're honest with yourselves and honest with me, you would say, I want to be blessed, I want to feel blessed, but I don't feel blessed. It's a little bit like the man in the story that Jesus healed and he says, I believe, help my unbelief. You know, so, I want to feel blessed, but I really don't feel blessed. I feel stressed. Some of you this morning were feeling stressed about getting to church on time. I know that. Some of you feel stressed about preparing your children uh, to get to church on time. <laughs> Some of you are stressed about what school to go to next, uh, what, what, what school your kids should go to next year, uh, about your job, you're stressed about your health, you're stressed about your business, you're stressed about your finances. You are just living under this constant stress. But friends, I'm here to remind us uh, that God never intended for you and for me to be stressed all the time. That's not His plan. He intended for you and I to feel blessed. In the beginning, the Bible tells us when God made man, He blessed man. In the book of, of Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28, the Bible says, So, so God created man in, in His likeness, in the likeness of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And, and your Bible says, and God blessed them. So even before man did a single thing, even before man could say one word, man could name an animal, man was blessed. Are you with me? So God blessed the man. It's only after sin enters the world through Adam's disobedience that we find the word curse, that we find the word curse. And it's, all, and it's only after that that we read in the Bible that man was toiling and he was stressed. But that's not God's intention for his creation. It's always been God's desire that man should enjoy his blessings, which is why Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, that the believer in Christ has been blessed with all spiritual blessings. And yet, Many Christians don't enjoy all the blessings in Christ because we don't understand how to be the kind of person that God bless. Amen. So this morning, let's take some moments to explore, to look what the blessed life looks like from Psalm chapter 1. From Psalm chapter 1. Let's read the whole Psalms first before uh, I dive into it, make some comments and we'll pray at the end. But Psalm 1, the Bible says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the paths of sinners, nor sit in the seats of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Next verse. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Now, usually we'll read the verse once, but let's go through it one more time, alright? So we uh, understand and we read what the Bible is saying. Verse 1 again. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like, next verse please, a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does shall 
prosper. Let's look at a few uh, things in this passage. The person God blesses. The first point I want to make is God blesses the man who is separated from the world. That's in in verse 1. If you want to walk in the blessings of the Lord, if you want to enjoy the blessings of the Lord, God blesses the man who is separated from the world. Say separated. Who is separated from the world. Now, what, what does it look like? What does it mean? The Bible tells us in those few verses that a person who is separated from the world chooses, number one, not to walk in the counsel of the wicked. Let's, let, let, let's go back to the verses. Chooses not to walk in the counsel of the wicked or the counsel of the ungodly, which means the blessed man does not live uh, his life like the rest of the world. He does not walk in the counsel, the advice. Now, a lot of us as people, we, you know, we've got soft ears and we like our ears to be tickled and we listen to ungodly advisors. We listen to the opinions of men. But the Bible tells us the blessed man does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. See, friends, the Bible has a lot to say on how, as Christians, we should walk. But one way we should not walk is we should not walk and we must not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. See, what we hear is very important. Amen. And the Bible says that we should walk in a way that He wants us to walk. See, our journey starts with a step of faith. It all begins when we take a step of faith and then another which then leads us to walking. Amen. So Psalm 143 verse 8 says that God show me the ways I should go for I, for to you I entrust my life. Psalm 86 verse 11 says not on the screen but just write down teach me your ways O Lord that I may walk in your truth. We are to walk in His truth. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1, 1 and 2, Paul says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love. Walk in a manner worthy of a calling. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says, to walk by the Spirit. So we are to walk by the Spirit, walk worthy of our calling, walk in truth. Teach me, O God, how we should walk. But the way we should not walk is what? In the counsel of the ungodly. So a man who is separated from the world walks different. Amen? He doesn't walk like the rest of your friends. He walks according to God's word. Second thing, a man who's separate from the world will not stand, the Bible says, in the, in the way that the sinners take. See, see, there's a path that seems right to man, Proverbs tells us, but in the end it leads to what? Destruction. That's a way that seems right. And a lot of us, we thought that way seems right. That path seems reasonable. That's a way that seems right to man, but in the end, it leads us to destruction. And the Bible says, not, not only must we not walk, but we must not even stand. We must not even stand in the way that sinners take. The word sinners here refers to those who have deliberately chosen a way of life, a path contrary to God's will. In other words, be careful who you fellowship with. I'm not saying don't reach out to your unchurched friends, but fellowship is totally different. You can be reaching out, but you are in a different ship. Amen. We are in fellowship with 
Christ-like, God-loving, spirit-led believers because if you're in that ship, you know where your destination will be. But we are not to, to stand in the same path that those who deliberately chose a way of life contrary to God's will is taking. The person who is blessed chooses to direct his life by God's will. And the Bible also talks a lot, a lot about where the believers in Christ should stand. For example, Psalm 33 verse 8 says, Let, us, let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. Wow. Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 2 says, I stand in awe of your wondrous deeds, O Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 calls us to stand firm in our faith. Philippians chapter 1, verse 27 calls us to stand together in the Spirit. See, that's the way we should stand, but we should not stand in the path where the sinners take. But we should stand in awe of God. We should stand in awe of His wondrous deeds. We should stand in, in agreement with people of faith. We should stand firm in our faith, but not stand in the pathway that leads to destruction. Amen. Amen. I am preaching myself happy. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. The third thing from this one verse says also that the person who is separated from the world should not sit in the company of mockers. In the seat of the scornful, in the company of the mockers. Mockers or scornful is a word which means to ridicule. It refers to someone who is actively engaged in putting down the things of God and His Word. And we know people like that. They're always putting down the things of God. They're always telling you why God can't be real. They're always telling you that uh, you know, God is something in the past, that His ways are outdated. And we are now living in, in, the, in the 21st century. We must have our mind modernized. And you know, there's no black, there's no white, it's all gray. And we start, you know, and if we sit in that seat, soon our minds will you know, be influenced and we'll start thinking and start making decisions like those mockers. And the Bible is very clear. He says, don't sit there. Don't remain stationary. Don't entertain some of this mockery, some of this ridicule. Walk away from it. Now, now just let me digress from my notes. If you, if you read this verse, it is very interesting. It, it all starts from walking, then standing, then sitting. In other words, what the devil wants and what the world which the Bible says is trying to squeeze us into its mold. What the world is trying to do is, if you, if you start walking in the ways of the world, you'll come to a point in time where you start standing there. And then you become so comfortable that you join them and you sit down. That's how it works. That's how, they, that, that's how the process of... of uh, decay starts in the life of the believer. When we start Walking in the pathway of the world, we are comfortable joining our friends on this journey of uh, postmodernism, evolution. Maybe there's no black, no white. Maybe it's really about you know, feelings and what the Bible says. Oh, how can Christians be so nasty? You know, how can you? You, know, you guys are always judgmental. Now, we're, we're, we're not judging, we're just simply agreeing with God's word. Now, we can agree with God's word in a not. In, 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 in a nice way. Some Christians, I think, are trying too hard to just, we, we don't have a hammer, you know, just going around. But we must not agree. 
But some of us say, yeah, it's true, huh? It's true, it's true. And you're walking with your friends and, and it's really true. Yeah, how can Christians be so judgmental? How can they believe in a book that's like 2,000 years old and you start walking and then you stand up and, and, and you start having this, oh, it's really true. And be, before you know it, your friend comes who's a mocker and says, I'll buy you a cup of coffee, take a seat. And you sit down and you start and you, and you wouldn't leave that table. And next thing, your cell group leader calls you up and I say, are you coming for life group? Not really. I'm going to the pub. I'm going to the cafe to join my friends. And we're talking about, you know, maybe there's an alternative to the Bible. That's how it starts. I've been in this industry long enough. Youth pastor for eight years. Pastoring a church for five. And it, that's how it starts. And slowly but surely, you lose your bearings in the spirit. You become confused. Your mind gets clouded. You leave God out from your life. And all of a sudden, you're no longer in fellowship with believers. You are now more comfortable sitting, having coffee with mockers. Now, I'm not judging your friends who might not be Christians. We want them saved. We want them to come into fellowship with God. But before you can influence them with the seed of the kingdom, you must know what you believe. And we'll talk about that in the next point. So if you're walking today with mockers, with the ungodly, can I challenge you? Take a different path. Amen. If you are enjoying fellowship with non-believers more than believers, maybe it's time for you to re-examine where your heart is. If you're always Googling, trying to find fault with the Bible, then maybe the voices speaking into your life are not the right voices. Amen. A person who is blessed is separated from the world. That's my first point. The person who is blessed is not just separated from the world, but is also saturated with the Word. He's saturated. He's not just dipping his feet in a little bit. Like what I said last Sunday, John 3.16, that's all you know. You, know you, can, you can only face your enemy with a little toothpick because that's all you know. John 3, 16. You don't know what John 10, 10 is. You've got, you've got no idea what Romans 3, 23 is. You've got no idea what uh, Romans 10, 10 is. You've got no idea what Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 is. You've got no idea what... Uh, <laughs> you, you, you just know John 3, 16. You, you, are, you are not saturated in the Word. Do you know that a Gallup poll found that fewer than half of the youths in America that they surveyed knew that Jesus turned water into wine? Christian America don't know that Jesus turned water into wine. And what's even more discouraging is that they thought, the young people, that Moses is one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. <laughs> they don't know the scriptures. 
See, of course the Bible says, but the, who, whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on His law day and night. The law here refers to the Word of God and this is the object of the blessed man's delight. Amen. You have to notice that, <laughs> I want to read this. You Notice that this is not something that, that the blessed man has to do, <coughs> but it's something that the blessed man loves to do. His delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight is in the Word of God. He, he, he soaks himself in the Word. He stays close to the, the Word. He, he enjoys understanding the Scripture. He's filling his mind. He's, he's filling his day with the Scripture. It reminds me of one of our heroes in the faith, Smith Wigglesworth. I, I'm sure you've been in my life long enough, you know who Smith is. Smith is, all right? Smith Wigglesworth, a plumber who can't read till he was 55 years old. Uh, the only book that he read his whole life really was the Bible. And uh, he would spend time before his meal in the Scripture. If you join him in the meal, he would open up the Scriptures and read a few verses and he would just sit there. And one of, another hero of mine, his name is Lester Samuel, uh, was privileged to actually have a friendship with uh, Smith Wigglesworth. And Lester Samuel, of course, has passed on. Then was a young minister and he was invited to Smith's house. I just wish that I was in that position. He was invited to, to Smith Wigglesworth's house and he was in his early uh, 20s and he knocked on his door, Smith's door, with a newspaper in, under his arm. Knock on his door and Smith opened the door. It was his first meeting and uh, before Lester could actually go you know, just into the house, Smith said, stop there. What's underneath your, your arm? And he says, today's newspaper. He, he took the newspaper, disposed it, and, you know, and, and, and took the Bible up and said, this is more relevant than what you're reading. You know? And so they, he said now, and before he could even say, he thought that there would be some deep Bible study, some exchange of ideas, but all Smith Wigglesworth did was for two hours, read pages after pages of the Bible, and then he says, thank you very much for coming, I'll see you next time. And he was ushered out of the house. But this went on for three whole years and of course, a, a friendship. But every time Lester Summer wrote in his biography that he would look forward to just sitting down with the plumber who couldn't read anything else except the Bible and saturate himself in the Word. Is there any wonder why Smith Wigglesworth is such a man of faith? That as far as he is concerned, God is so much bigger than the cancer growth tumor. You know, and he can just punch it and the whole tumor dropped out. I mean, if you have not read his stories, go home and Google Smith Wigglesworth. And is there any wonder why Lester Samuel caught, caught that spirit and he was also a person of faith? Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and... That's the Hebrew text, uh, by, by the way. This is what the Bible... And hearing of... Oh, of course, Paul has got no space to keep on writing hearing and hearing and hearing. But he just used a Greek, Greek language, which is, I, I think, a lot deeper than the English language, to communicate that it's constantly hearing. Constantly hearing. Saturating yourself in the Word of God. Amen? I'm enjoying myself. Like Sometimes my wife and I would just li listen to a sermon before we sleep. Listen, it wasn't like that when we first got married. Alright, so if it's not like that yet in your marriage, don't worry. For many years of my married life, we're living spiritually independent life. But in the last two, three years, praise God for MFL. Praise God for all the different people that have encouraged us. But it's really God. You know, we're listening to scriptures, we're listening to, to sermons, we're laughing together. Such joy. 
Sorry, I'm just digressing. <laughs> but saturate. If you, if you want your marriage to be strong, saturate the marriage in the Word. If you want your studies to be good, saturate yourself in the Scriptures. You might say, is there a relevance? Yes. Again, let me digress, all right? <laughs> the first Bible I read, of course, was in English when, when I was younger. But what I mean is after I became a Christian, I was part of a Chinese church. The first Bible I bought for myself was a Chinese Bible. And I read through the New Testament in Chinese. And my Mandarin wasn't really good when I was in secondary school. But do you know what? After I became a Christian in secondary three, 15 years old, that year I scored the highest for my Mandarin, my Chinese. And the reason is because I read the Bible in Chinese. And so if your English is terrible, read the Bible and start writing like the Apostle Paul. Start writing like Eugene Peterson, the Message Bible. I guarantee you, your English will improve. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just digressing. But the point is, <laughs> soak yourself in the Word. Amen. <laughs> in the Word. Saturate yourself. In the word. Now, the Bible says to meditate on it day and night. The word meditate is a very figurative word, very pictorial word. It's full of imagery. It, it pictures a cow chewing on her curd. And I'm told that the cow has several compartments in her tummy, like some of us. One for dessert, one for. <laughs> the cow has several compartments in our tummy, in her tummy, excuse me. She can go out in the morning, grazes on the grass, and when the dew is out in the cool of the day, then when it gets hot in the middle of the day, the cow would lie down under a tree and begins to chew the curd. She would move the grass she had in the morning back up and regurgitate. And she goes over that process again and again. And by the way, that's how we get milk. Science lesson for some of us, but <laughs> by regurgitating the grass. And this is what we do when we meditate. When we meditate, we go over what we have read again and again and again. Not just touch and go, but we go over it again and again. And that reminds me of the story of Elijah who was trying to call down rain. You remember the story? Right, the first time, of course, what after he prayed in fetus position, was trying to birth rain in, in the spirit, he sent Gehazi, uh, who's his servant, to check it out. And he came back running, saying, there's no rain, master, there's no rain. And prayed again, went again. And seven times, on the seventh time, is when Gehazi came back and said, there's the cloud the size of a man's fist. And this is how it worked, friends, with the scripture. You can take the most simple passage in the Bible and if you just give it time, you give it time, over time, it will overflow with spiritual truth. You might see nothing in the first instance, but if you just travail over it, if, if you will just go deep into it, do some study, think about it, I tell you, it's amazing. It's amazing. Are you still with me? Yeah. Alright, so don't just touch and go. Meditate. I say this to army boys all the time and because I've been through national service and you've got no time to read a huge portion of the Bible, right? No time because you'll be tired. So I say just take a list of Bible verses that you, know, you want to think through throughout the day and have one verse a day keeps the sergeant away. You know, just like one verse. <laughs> <laughs> and you just think about the verse and let it 
clean your mind. And so whenever your sergeant starts scolding you all, the A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you just bring up the Bible and say, for men shall live by faith. You know? and, and you just start thinking, live, man, faith. And you start, I tell you, it worked. Two things, if you're going to the army, two things, the way to survive and to thrive in national service is pray in tongues and meditate. I tell you, it really works. All right, if you want to shut your mind, the Bible says, you know, when you pray in the Spirit, your mind is futile, right? That's, that's what the Bible says. So if you wanna, if you are so tired of listening to all the vulgarities, just make your mind futile by praying in tongues. Come on! I'm, uh, and, and, and fill your mind then with Bible verses and just allow your mind to just think about the Word. Think about the Word. That's what meditation is. Friends, God has no plan or program by which we are to grow and develop as believers apart from soaking in the Word, soaking in the presence. Really. We can have all the best classes in the world. Knowledge puffs up. Having a lot of Bible knowledge doesn't make you a mature believer. Otherwise, the scholars in some of the liberal seminaries would be, the, would, would be spiritual giants, but they are not. They are some of the worst skeptics in the world, cynical about the Scripture, but they can memorize portions of the Bible because it's, it's an intellectual exercise and it's not meditating and say, Holy Spirit, you are the author. Come and teach me. Show me insights, revelations. Pray Ephesians 1.17. God, give me the spirit of revelation and understanding. Help me see truth from your word. That's the way. Amen. Because you can be, become as busy as a bee, but wouldn't grow by means of activity. We grow as we meditate on God's word. Amen. Till it becomes part of your life. So, the blessed man is separated from the world, saturated with the word. So, what happens from that? The next verse in verse 3 says, when you are separated from the world, when you are saturated in the word, the next, the place you come to is you become like a tree, situated or planted or situated by the waters. You become like a tree that is planted or situated by the streams of living water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does prosper. Wow, don't you want that? All right, prosperity doesn't come over Chinese New Year when you toss your yisang and scream huat ah, all right? You can scream all you want, your huat won't come just by tossing yisang into the sky. True prosperity comes when your life is situated by the Waters. This is how Christian water, all right? Are you with me? Situated by the waters. Being like a tree, of course, it's a metaphor, but what does this teach us as believers? See, a tree has deep roots and it's usually sturdy, especially when compared to a tumbleweed. So a tree has got very deep roots. A tree portrays stability and the capacity to withstand the storms of life. Before you can have spiritual fruits, you must have deep spiritual roots. And your roots must be receiving life and nourishment from streams of not just dead water, but living water. Living water. Your root system going in. You, I'll talk more about that, but you can't say, 
Uh, how come no one calls me up to make sure? It, does, it doesn't work like that. It, it, you can't, your faith can't be dependent on someone else's faith. Your faith, you must be like a tree with root systems that are, that are deep. Regardless of what season you are going through in life, you're just receiving, soaking in the life from the stream and you are stable. You are not like one day I want to be the, a world changer, next day I'm an atheist. One day I want to be a champion for Christ. Next day, you know, I want to be. And you are always like fickle. And the Bible says you are, you are like a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways, and nothing you do will prosper. That's what the Bible says. If you are unstable in all your ways, nothing you do will prosper. But if a tree planted, situated by waters, there will be stability, sturdiness, and you know exactly what, what you are drawing from, where you are drawing from, and friends... The storms of life may blow, but you are a tree of all seasons. Wow! That's what the Bible says. Even in the winter, you'll be bearing fruit. This is a miracle. And the way to do that is by situating your life by the waters of the Spirit. Amen? It also pictures the concept of growth and time. It takes time to produce a huge oak tree. It takes time to grow and mature in the Lord. And just as the life of a tree is dependent on the supply of water, the spiritual life of the believer, friends, is dependent on the abundant supply of the things of God. Some of you say, Daniel, I've not been growing. Don't look at the fruit. Examine your roots. Some of us said, but how come I've got no fruit, I've got no ministry, I've got no lives being impacted, I've got no new revelation, I've got... And you said, it's the, it is the, the church, it's the pastor. You know the, past, the pastor, not just me, but pastors in general are sometimes blamed <laughs> and oftentimes blamed for the lack of growth in the believer's life. And so we always have got people looking for the next cow who can regurgitate <laughs> Sorry, I know it sounds really graphic. But that's how it looks like. We are, we, are, we are just going to another cow who has been regurgitating grass and, you know, and said, feed some of my vomit. I know it looks graphic, but this is how it is. When God wants you to be a cow that's regurgitating the scriptures and producing insights and milk for the new believers, that's it. So don't blame the preacher. Of course, we are trying our best to, to grow and to improve in our crafts. Amen? To try to share what we have learned, what we have regurgitated, the revelation that we have. And of course, it blesses our hearts when you are blessed and you are in, this, and you are in this, the service taking notes and it inspires and encourages. But what blesses your leaders more, your pastors more is when you come back to us, you email us and you say, Daniel, you wouldn't believe this. In my time of prayer and meditation, I received this insight. Friends, it encourages your cell group leaders and your pastors more. Then you coming up and say, that's a great word, Pastor. Of course, I know. I've, I've, been, I've been blessed. I'm enjoying it. Sometimes we don't communicate in a way that you understand. Of course, that's part of our growth process. But it blesses our hearts. When you come to me and say, Daniel, you wouldn't believe this. I realize that there are seven anointings that go with the Holy Spirit. Even though I know... <laughs> But for you to be excited, for you to learn from it and telling that back to me, I'll say, that's amazing. Right? It's like your 
school teacher who knows it all. <laughs> and you coming and said, teacher, I was doing some research and I came across this principle. And of course, your teacher would just nod and say, that's really amazing. Wow, really, you saw it. Even your teacher knows. It's the same with the leaders. When we want you to go into the Word yourself, regurgitate the Scriptures, learn new insights. And that's what it means, have roots that are deep. Amen? Don't depend on men for your growth. Root system going deep. Situated by the waters of God's Word. Situated by the Holy Spirit. You can't just soak on Sunday morning. Not enough. Amen? Otherwise, you are like being transplanted every week, you know, like Sunday you take a, you, you take a tree and you just move it to the river called the city and alright, two hours, oh, and then you pluck a tree, you go back to the desert called your home and dry, sunny, no water, and then you pluck next conference, KI 2017, alright, whoa, a lot of water, I mean, you pluck. Are you seeing it? Is this the kind of life you want to live? No! So make sure that even in your bedroom that the waters are flowing. Make sure that in your workplace, the waters, you are situated by the waters. Abundance of word, abundance of the spirit. You are praying in tongues when no one else tells you to pray in tongues. You are listening to anointed music when no one else says you must listen. And you're always in the spirit. Ah oh man, well, I want to just go to where John, he was, John was, was Jesus' believer, beloved, be, be, believer, be, beloved disciple. <laughs> and the Bible says it was on the Lord's day when he was in the spirit that he was taken up. Wow, you want new experiences, you want new encounters, stay in the spirit. Stay. No witness say he was in church. In fact, he was in Petmos. He was actually in exile. There were no other believers around him. There was no Peter preaching back to him. <laughs> Amen. There was no Paul trying to explain deep theology. He was all by himself. In the island of Petmos, he was, in, he was in exile, but he was still in the spirit. And it was on the Lord's day. He knew it was a Sunday and when he was taken up and he heard a voice say, come up higher. And his eyes were open and he heard some amazing things about the seven churches. And then he said, wow, I saw the throne of God and I saw angels and I saw Jesus. And I said, wow, that's the blessed life. But only when you are situated by the waters in the Spirit. Amen? There is more. I'm coming to a close. There is more. There's a lot more. And, and the result of that is in verse 3 again, you were ill fruit in season. Fruit is a product of a life planted in God. And it's not just spiritual fruits here, friends. It's also fruit of impact, of influence in the world. Amen. It is promotion for those of you who are working. It is promotion in school and grades for those of you who are studying. It is, you know, uh, some of you who are new, it's favor from the Lord. This is all fruit working. In, these are fruit and there's so much fruit God wants to bear through your life. But don't look at what fruits you don't have. Your root system. You will bear fruit in season. And then verse, and the same verse says, whose leaf does not wither. How cool is that? 
This is a picture of being green and healthy in spite of the conditions. John, Patmos, no believers. Peter, a thousand days in the desert of Arabia all by himself when he had revelations of who Jesus is and story after story, Jesus was in the desert, tempted by the enemy, but these were lies whose trees were planted by streams of living water. And finally, whatever they do prospers. Don't you like that? It's, it's, it's like a blank check, you know. If someone comes to you, this could be your Deepak Chopra and all the self-help guys comes and see if I can give you some keys, you know, to <laughs> continue your prosperity. Pay me 10,000 bucks. Go for this one-day conference, would you? You will. If if you can afford it, you actually, wow, continual prosperity in spite of all seasons. Markets come up, come down, you will still prosper. I mean, uh, no matter what the economy is in Singapore, you will still prosper. Of course, you will pay $10,000. It's the secret. It's the secret sauce. It's the... You just tithe faithfully here. (laughs) Give the Lord as He is led, as you are led, because the key is here. Whatever you do will prosper. You start a new business, you prosper. You start a new project, you prosper. Your career prosper. You want that? What are? <laughs> the key is here. Ben, please. Be separated from the world. Self-help books are good to have, good to to know, but it wouldn't help you. Sift through all the knowledge that you're reading, but the way to true prosperity, evergreen living, eternal fruitfulness, and youthfulness to all the girls here, (laughs) is be separated from the pathway that leads to destruction, the world. Be saturated with the word and stay by the waters. And that's why, friends, I'm, I'm saying to you, do you have deep roots this morning? Where are your waters? Are, are you in the word? Are you praying in the spirit? Are you close to the church? Are you part of the worship? If you want more, I you know on Tuesday, Wednesday, join Burning Heart, soak there. Andre is starting apparently a class on Thursday night, well, soon, I think fortnightly. Great, join him. There are classes, seminars, plug in, stay by the water, go to a life group. Sometimes you might think it's just this, oh, yeah, going there, just eat, talk a little bit. At least you are... You, you are reminded that there is more to life than just work and children. There's a need for fellowship. There's a need for community. That's how you stay by the waters. When I go for a holiday, if it's, you know, if whenever I can, if there's a good church or if there's a life-giving church in the area, I'll go and visit. Why? I want to stay by the waters. Otherwise, we'll be in the scriptures, plug in. Make sure that you have got your favorite teachers loaded into your iPhone, your iPad. Listen. Anointed worship. You might not like our style. Just go back to hymns and listen to how great thou art. I don't care what your style is, what you like. 
as far as we are concerned, we want to always be keeping up with like, what God is releasing across the earth. But if you like how great thou art, plug in how great thou art and just anoint, be in an anointed environment. You know, I remember as I close, I remember what my friend Jamie Montera said. Right? He's, a, he's a minister from the US. And he said when he was speaking in different youth camps, some of the worship was so was so human. He says sometimes he has to have his anointed worship battle music or you know, some of his like in his iPod and while the people are worshipping, making noise, he'll just plug in <laughs> into battle music and just soak. Because you need that. Something that I've been doing with, with, with my kids on the way to church, if I'm speaking, I, I didn't do it this morning, so we're all so tired. But something that I've been doing is you know, I, pre- I prepare my sermon and I'll get them to read that back to me. It's cool. Read that back to me because I want to know, does it speak to me? Because if it doesn't speak to me, it, would, it, it wouldn't speak to people. But I said, okay, that's, that's great. But I'll do a few things here and there. I'll move the points uh, around. You know, and I feel that's great. But be in an environment, friends where the Holy Spirit and the Word of God are alive. Amen. Let's all stand. And that's where true prosperity is found. We'll take communion in a while's time. But let's sing a song. I'll release you soon, but not before we pray for one another. Let's sing a song.